0: Praise God, Hallelujah! Well, it's good to be home. I know that uh, I was in Colorado last week, and uh, with Brother Bagwell, he'll be here in just a week or so. And I know that Nikki taught, and I know she taught on stewardship. I had to shut down the message to get ready to go preach at Brother Bagwell's, but I heard it's a great word, Hallelujah. So, but today, Hallelujah. Uh, We are back, and uh, we're going to uh, receive our tithing offering today, and then we're going to get into the Word. You need a tithing offering envelope, raise your hand up real high. One of these ushers will help you. And uh, we here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, uh, a lot of you have been raised in this church. I'm I'm marrying third-generation people right now. Well, really, I'm not marrying them. Other people in the church are marrying them, like Kylan and uh, people like that that have raised them up, Tim. Uh, I don't think your kid's kids like me, but that's okay. I have my Saturdays off now, praise God. No, we're having third generation, so I know that they are tithers. And uh, I know that men and women, no matter what they're doing or where God has them, people that have been raised in the church are tithers because we believe in tithing. And so tithing is what? Leviticus 26 says that it's a holy thing unto the lord somebody says well we're not under the law then don't read psalms anymore now let's just move on uh and so it is a holy thing it's a tenth it's a part of what god has increased us through the week and we give that tithe unto the lord it is a kingdom principle that opens up the windows of heaven and god pours out upon us a blessing that we cannot contain Secondly, there is the giving aspect, the tithes, the offerings, and the alms that we're going to be talking about. And when we do these tithes, the alms, what they do is they come into the tabernacle, into the kingdom of God for the work of the kingdom. And also out of that, as you're sowing an alms or giving an offering, God multiplies supernaturally. Somebody say multiply. It doesn't make sense to your human mind But God doesn't make sense to the human mind. But we know that we are people that live by faith and we believe in the principles, the laws of life that are found in Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, and Romans, the eighth chapter, verse one, two, and three. So as we give today, it's going to be given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God is not unfaithful to forget our labor of love. So let me pray over your tithes and your offerings with you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I join my faith with those givers today. I join my faith, God, with the foundational people of tithing of our church. God, as the kingdom is expanded, God, people that are in that expansion are rewarded. And God, we thank you for the reward to the tither and to the giver. And God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. I noticed since you've been carrying that money back there, you got another new pair of shoes. That's like every... every. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's turn our Bibles today to Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm going to continue talking about kingdom money. Now, the reason we need to talk about kingdom money is because when you come into the kingdom, you're ignorant of its principles, you're ignorant of its purpose, ignorant of our purpose, how to expand it and how to make it active. So when you start talking about money, the carnality of Christians comes out. First of all, they think you're a thief. Please, understand. How do I say this? Phyllis and I have always, until about two years ago, worked two jobs, had rentals developed land and made money we were not we did not always and have never really relied on our salary from the church the other thing is that if i want to make money i can go out on the money and on the road and make money money is one of the least motivations of any act of faith it's very temporal it doesn't bring happiness and it doesn 't deliver or bring salvation, and it can 't heal, so money should not be high on our list, but because churches receive money, then we think that it 's wrong, and we think that it 's corrupt, but it 's not. So I want to talk to you about some of those things today. Go to Romans twelve one and two, and it says, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, living sacrifices, holy." acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Stop right there. Before we go any further, you must understand if you're going to operate in holy things and your faith is a holy thing. You find that in Jude the 20, 20th chapter, verse 21, i I'm not 20th chapter, 20th verse, 20, 21, and 22, that you build yourself up on your most holy faith. If you corrupt it by division, by strife, by hatred, by deception, by lie, by outright sin, faith will not work. But it doesn't matter what you do, it will not work. You understand me? Faith is a master key to the operation of the kingdom of God and the believer's access into that kingdom. So if you aren't going to live holy, please don't expect anything from God. Accept an opportunity to repent. Okay. Now let's go to Romans twelve, two. And it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We need to have our minds renewed concerning finances, concerning money, because we still think like the world. We are not a part of the world. We are in the world, but we're not a part of the world. We belong to the kingdom of God. Our citizenship is in that kingdom. Could I get an amen? So we're going to talk today about money and kingdom purpose. Let's go to second, uh, I mean Deuteronomy 8. And let's look at, I believe, let's start at about verse 16. Deuteronomy 8. 16. Now you can read from verse 4 on down here and you'll find out all of the things that God gives people or desires to give people when he leads them in. The only thing that keeps people out of God's promise and his best is unbelief. And that simply would be that men wouldn't live the way they want to live because they simply don't believe in God. Now it says this, Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna? which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do good at the latter end and thou and thou say in thine heart my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth but thou shalt remember somebody say remember god is your source If we don't make God our source, then we understand that we're going to try to live in a tainted world. We're going to try to live in the world of the kingdom, make a confession, but all of our actions are going to be connected to the carnal world or the world of limitation. Make a decision that God is your source. And if you'll get that mindset, you'll have strong faith. The Bible says in Matthew 6, chapter, verse 25 on down, and Luke, the, uh, I think it's a 14th chapter, verse 22 on down, it talks about that we are not to give thought about the needs that we face, whether for clothing, housing, or food, or anything of that need. For God knows that you have need of these things. Take no thought. Don't take thought about those things. Trust in the Lord. And if you'll make God your source, if he cares for the sparrow and he cares for you, and if you have that mindset, then you'll have a strong faith. If not, your faith will be weakened by not making God your primary source. Now, that should be basic Christianity, but it seems like people struggle with that. God is to be your source. Could I get an amen? Amen. Amen. If he's Lord of your life, I hear years ago, uh, when I worked in the foundry, I loved my job in the foundry. I always loved uh, coal mine work. I always loved foundry work. Just loved it. It's them household chores I hate. I despise taking out the trash. But, uh, when I was there, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to come out and I want you to trust me. And uh, so, I quit my job. Don't you do it. You're liable to starve to death. Because I almost did. And uh, but out of that, I had to determine that what God was going to be my source. And you can do the very same thing at a job. My requirement from God was that I didn't. But we need to make God our source and our faith will be strong. And then notice in this verse, 20, verse 18, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee the power Somebody say, God gives us power. Now, it doesn't matter what trade you have. Understand that that was in your makeup and your DNA before you were ever born. That's why people like, uh, you know, messing with greasy cars and uh, doing all types of jobs. Why? They think it's fun. They enjoy it. They like doing it. And they provide for their family through it. God has given them the power to get well. And there are other spiritual principles and then it says, Power to get wealth for, or that he may establish his covenant which he sware unto thy fathers as it is this day. Notice that money has a purpose. Listen to me money has a purpose. And there is a purpose higher than just us surviving, us having two cars two houses, three-car garage, our kids going to whatever college, our wives having facelifts and all this kind of stuff. That is not the purpose of money. The purpose of money is to establish a kingdom. Could I get an amen? So the establishment of the kingdom can be directly linked to the body of Christ mindset and knowledge of money and knowledge of money that should not be so we as christians must understand that we are after souls he that is wise or he that has the wisdom of god has found out the divine purpose that cannot be changed is he that winneth souls is wise people that understand finances are kingdom investors all right, thank you. There's a weak yes, but thank God I got one. Now let's go to uh, Luke 12:16 and 21. Luke the twelfth chapter, 16 and 21. I know I'm reading a lot of verses, but they need to be read. So we understand that every dollar. Somebody say every dollar, every dollar. has a purpose. Now I can hear all the religious devils and the carnality. Listen. I don't need your money. This church was here before you come here. It'll be here if you ever go. I hope you never go. I hope I get to bury you. But if you do, the kingdom will go. The kingdom will go on. I will still preach to millions of people around the world with or without anybody because God is my source. And I am not in the finiggling business. And I'm not here to raise money. I'm here to inform a church about their stewardship of kingdom finances. No man has anything except it has come from the Lord. In him do we live and move and have our being. Amen? And I believe that. I believe that. That's why God has to be first in every financial decision that I make. He's not second. He's not an observation. He's not a catch-up clause. Oh, we forgot. No, he is primary in our life. Just like he is a lifestyle, he is in the financial management of our finances. Now, Luke 12, 16, it says this, And he spake unto them a parable, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself, saying... What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Notice some of the verbiage here. He thought within himself. Remember, we read a scripture that said our mind needs to be transformed. This right here, this man is thinking about his own will and his own purpose. This man is thinking about his future and his plans. Now, thank God, none of us are like that guy. But then it says this, he thought within himself. In other words, he takes no counsel from God. And he says, what shall I do? I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He is a self-provider. Now, let's go to the next verse. And he said, this will I do. No consideration of God. I will... Hold down my barns, his vision, his plans, and I will build greater. God is excluded. The man, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Notice the exclusion of God. Next verse. And I will say to my soul, now he's, he has excluded consideration of eternity in his calculations. And then he says, thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. How many of you know where that type of living is going to end you? You're right, right into sin. Next verse. But God said unto him. What did God say? He said what? He said what? Does anybody know what a fool is? Someone that does not believe in God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. God, because of his statements, declares, you do not believe in me. What does that say? And God said unto him, I love you despite what you're doing. I'm going to bless what you're doing because, hey, I'm just a good God. Uh, you know, I would do no evil. Or you'll never curse yourself. Hey, that's not a problem. Do whatever you want. I just want you to be happy. He is not a McDonald Jesus. He doesn't have a smile on his face when you aren't doing what you need to be doing. He says, thou fool. Oh, God would never do that. I just read to you again, thou fool. Oh, God said, I'll call no man a fool. I reiterate to you, thou fool. But God wouldn't say that to me. I reiterate to you again, thou fool. People that dictate their lives without God being considered are simply fools waiting for an end. I'm sorry you guys visited today, but... It's no different than any other day. Yeah, 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 no different than any other day. I'm going to tell you the truth. You can get mad, you can get glad. You send me a birthday card, send me a cuss card, whatever. My secretary reads them, so I only get the good stuff. Now, and then it says this. "This This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Next verse. Watch this. So, just like the fool, is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. How do we separate our treasures from God? By not being financially responsible and active in the kingdom. In the kingdom. Could I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Good deal. All right. So we see that there is something that God wants to do. Money is more than what you think. Now, some spiritual people will rise to the level and they'll see the, uh, what I want to say this, uh, the exchange of seed. They'll, They'll understand seed and they'll give and they'll receive. They'll give, they'll get promotions. They give, they're blessed. And they think that that's an earmark that God's pleased with them. And he, that's not an earmark of anything. That's an earmark that you have faith in seed sowing and reaping. But let me show you something about what God's trying to do. Because everybody thinks that the money principle is just about getting more. No, it's not. But let, let's just say if you had that thought life. No preacher would tell all their congregation, quit working. We don't believe in tithing. Quit working, you know, because you're getting too much money. Quit working, you're living in too nice a house. No, people are just against faith producing those things. Yeah. Now, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 8, and let's look at verse 7. No, no, I said 2 Corinthians 8. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. See, God is in a systematic working. It is God that's at work on the inside of you. And he's working to bring to pass his will and his purpose in your life. Now, if you keep God first in your giving, in your financial arrangements, then what happens is God does something for you that you can't do for yourself. Now, here's a great secret. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he hath purposed in his heart. Notice the word purpose. In other words, every man Purposes in his heart, how much access God has to his financial life. This is all talking about money, so I'm not taking it out of content. It is talking about finances. And then God says, Look, according as a man purposes in his heart or makes himself available, beginning in his heart, so let him then exercise that purpose. He, no man, should ever be given the opportunity to have to give out of grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. Notice this. No church should ever have to come and say, we have a need. No church should have to get people to give grudgingly. No. You have to purpose in your heart first how much God is going to have access to you. Could it get an amen? And then when you fully sell out yourself to God, God loves a cheerful giver. Next verse. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all, some might say all sufficiency, God wants every believer to have a sufficiency, but what God doesn't do is empower people to do that have proven themselves not to. That's like putting money into a greedy man's hand and expecting him to change. You gotta change before you get away from that greedy spirit, or it will always have you bound. Amen. And then it says this. Having all sufficiency. Somebody say all sufficiency. Wow. Why do you have all sufficiency? Oh, so I can have bigger. Really? What's that next part of that verse say? That ye may abound unto what? The whole purpose of you being increased, friend, is not for your own security. But it is that you may abound unto every good kingdom work. Now, I know about this time I can hear that in your minds, even though there aren't, your mouth is not moving. God knows your thoughts. And they are a root expression of where your heart is. And your thoughts are opposing this. Your heart is opposing more than just this. It's opposing God's rule in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's go back to that verse. Aren't you glad these services only last like an hour? <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah, praise God. All right, move on. That you may abound unto every good work. I'm not telling you something is not in the Bible. What I'm telling you is you and I have a responsibility. When you were a sinner and you wanted your local bar to stay open, you have to support that bar. And you did. I don't know why mine wasn't carpeted in gold. Uh, they got all my money. It was like I was working for them. But now that you get into the kingdom, you are now a protector of that which you have rightfully sworn to the use of the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You, you did that willfully. Oh, well, I don't want Jesus to have that. Well, let me say this if Jesus doesn't have your whole heart and all that you have, you don't have him. Somebody told me one, uh, one time, they said, Christianity is free. I said, absolutely, but it costs you everything you have. And if you aren't willing to give up mother, brother, homes, lands, houses, then you know what? You won't have the kingdom. Salvation is free. Absolutely. But it'll cost you everything. All right, now let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. 9, yeah, next verse. There you go. And as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Stop. He hath dispersed abroad and given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Do you know that your motivation about money has a lot to do with where your right standing with God is? If you won't do right with finances, you won't do right with anything. If you prove yourself faithful in mammon, then you can be proven faithful in kingdom things. If we don't handle things rightly, our giving affects our right standing with God. Let's go to the next verse. Watch this. Please, please watch this. He that ministers seed to the sower. Who is that? Who gives seed to the sower? God. There you go. And both ministers bread for your food. He provides your daily provision and multiplies your seed, what? Sown. Somebody say seed sown. seed sown. All right, now what's this next thing? This is why it's so important to live by the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel of God. Man lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, what if somebody doesn't do what God wants them to do? Then they break the circuit, they become disobedient, they affect others with this disease called faithlessness. Then it says, and this, he multiplies your seed sown. Who is that? Somebody say God. God. And increases the fruits of your righteousness. Now, who increases the fruits of your righteousness by giving something in your hand and you using it as a seed? Who does? God. Do you know that when you are giving, when you are functioning in the responsibilities of financial uh, responsibilities financially in the kingdom of God, God. Somebody say God. God. Somebody say God. God. Somebody say God. God God increases the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, it's God at work in you to bring about his will and his purpose through you. But if you don't handle finances rightly, you will find yourself trying to establish and promote and develop your own fruits of righteousness. Let me tell you what's going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Why? Let's go back to verse 8. Uh, Let's go back to verse 7. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Every man according as he purpeth, so let him give not grudgingly of necessity, for he loveth the cheerful giver. Next verse. And it says, is able to make all grace abound unto you, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. As it is written. How is it written? As it is written. Pay attention. As it is written. He that dispersed abroad hath given to the poor Use what God's put in His hand justly, His righteousness remains, has been preserved. Now, if you don't preserve the righteousness you have by a life of obedience and faith, then what happens? It will erode. Then you'll start compromising in another area. Then unbelief will rise up in another area, unfaithfulness in another area. But I don't want that to happen. You cannot be greedy and disobedient with what God has put in your hand and expect that to take place. God will increase the fruits of your righteousness. Oh, but I'm growing at... Listen, there are places that you're never going to change unless God intervenes and changes for you. But God is not working on those that are resistant. God is working with those that are compliant. There's a time that God quits giving seed to the man that does not sow. Just a thought. So, how do we increase the fruits of our righteousness? Sometimes people are so money-minded, money-minded, that they think God's just after your money. They think the church just needs more. God is still the source of the church. Could I get an amen? Amen. Now we thank God for tithers and givers. But you are who you are because God had entrusted you to fulfill a position. But the increase, the fruits of your righteousness. That is the byproduct of the complete systematic work of giving. God gives you a seed. In other words, every seed is a place of trial. Will you sow it or will you keep it? That's a trial. Now, if you sow it, God will meet the needs of your life. Secondly, he will multiply the seed that you sow. And thirdly, he will transform you inwardly so that you will express him outwardly. Money is far bigger than just you taking a few Abraham Lincolns and giving them. Is that really how cheap the church thinks God is? Is that how cheap we think God is? That He is in need of our labor or His purpose will never come to pass. Really? No. God gives you a seed to invoke an act of faith that He may invoke a response of service or a response of meeting a need. And then He multiplies that seed. He entrusts you with more because you've been faithful. And then He begins to do an inner work in you to produce the fruits of righteousness. Men that break the systematic work of God are men that are self-made, but never God-created. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to, wow, I better get out of here, God. It's going to be, we're going to shout tonight, hallelujah. One person's happy about us shouting tonight. This is not a rebuke. This is an informational service. I'm informing you of responsibilities that will invoke the move of God in your inner man. That's what God is doing. God wants to do something. But if you fail at the seed process, he won't be provider. He will not be multiplier. And you'll be left with trying to become righteous on your own. I thought we were going to talk about money like get more, get more, get more. We are. We are. Why would God trust an unrighteous servant with any more than he already had? He won't. He won't. Praise God. Hallelujah. God. Yep. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to Exodus 12. Exodus 12 and verse 35 I don't know why I threw that stuff in, but I think it's more important that we learn that God is developing us through our giving than our giving just promoting us to live without God. I'll say that again. I think God is more interested in promoting us from the inside than He is by just empowering you to live without Him. Yeah. I don't know about you, I want more of God, not just more stuff. Exodus, and it says, The children of God did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. Wow. And then it says this, And all the children of Israel journeyed from Rames to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men besides children. Now let's go to Exodus 35. Exodus 35 and verse 4. Notice that God had all of the riches of Egypt given to the nation of Israel and they were headed for the sand dunes. Who needs money in the sand dunes? Remember, there are no stores because their garments did not wax old. They didn't need new shoes and they didn't need anything to eat because it was delivered to them every day. They wanted meat. Here come the quail right up out of the sea. Phew! They didn't need water. A rock would spew it out. What did they have need of with money? Well, let's find out. And Moses spake to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing that I've conjured up to get your money. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the thing that the Lord hath commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a, what? Willing heart. Has purposed in his heart the purpose. Let him bring it, an offering of the who? The offering of who? It's not their money. God is their source. They never claim it because He is the God of Israel. We claim it because we have this self-God image. I have people tell me this. Well, you know what? I make my money. (laughs) I think in Him do you live and move and have your being. Yeah. Oh, I make this. This is, I get to determine what I'm going to do with my money. What is that? You're a self God. You're a self provider. And then it says this let him bring it an offering of the Lord. It belongs to God gold and silver and brass. Next verse. And blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram skin and dyed red and badger skins and shittim wood and, and all the oil for the lamp and the spice for anointing oil and for the sweet incense and onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod end of the bread. Do, do you think that the church needs to be that elaborate? Come on, give me a break. Why does that tabernacle got to be so extravagant? It's God's money, it's God's tabernacle, and God's a designer. We have no right to complain. And then he says this, uh, stones to be set in the ephod for the breastplate. And even, and every wise-hearted, somebody say wise-hearted. You shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded. The tabernacle, his tent, his covering, his taxi, and his boards, his bars, his pillars, and his... Anybody ever... Do you see a pattern here? God think it belongs to him. Wow. Next verse. The ark and the staves thereof, and the mercy seat, and the veil of the covering the table and his staves and all his vessels, and the showbread, the candlesticks also for the light, and his furniture and his lamps. What's God need furniture for? He has the heavens with the oil of the light. And the incense altar, the staves and the anointing oil and the sweet incense and the handling, hanging of the door and of the entering of the in of the tabernacle and the altar of burned offerings and his brazen gate, his staves and all his vessels, the laver and his foot and the hanging of the court, his pillars and their sockets and the hanging for the door of the court and the pins of the tabernacle. Man, and the pins of the court and their inner cords God talking about nails and the clothes of the service to do service the whole gosh my word God's buying garments for Aaron and the holy garments for Aaron the priest and his garments for his sons to minister in the priest's office and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed for the presence of the Lord hallelujah Now let's go to, where is that? Uh, Let's go to verse uh, 36. Chapter 36, I'm sorry, in verse 4. Wow. Now remember, the wise people did this. And it says this, And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made, And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained, were restrained from giving. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much now the Bible says that they went and every man's whose heart made him willing do you know that there were even people in Israel in the desert with all of the wealth of Egypt that decided I'm not going to give it to the Lord now we think that would be strange But it's no different than today, than it was then. Every wise man, somebody say, every wise man. What were the people that didn't bring? Thank you. A fool. Because in their heart, though they have seen the glory of God by cloud and by fire, saw the Red Sea open up and closed up saw manna come from heaven even saw water many of them declared this is not god and they said in their heart by their giving this is not god we as a church have responsibilities to the kingdom of god could again amen All right, let's go to uh, uh, Haggai, Haggai. And let's go to chapter 1 and verse 2, and then we're going to close up, and we can all go home and lick our sores. So much of finances in the church is so carnally observed, so carnally observed, well, you know, a pastor should make this, a pastor should make that, a prophet should make this. and it. No. If we went by the guidelines, I would make double honor, or I would make double what the highest paid person in this church makes. But I don't. I'm not interested in it. I take a salary so that the working of God him working in you and through you for you for the kingdom can be processed now would I be less than just to say well I don't need your money I would be less than just because I would break the circuit you say "Oh, but, but, isn't it, but, but you have more money no it's not the money issue at all please it's not the money issue it is the obedient cycle of receiving, giving, receiving, multiplying, and God working in us by the faithfulness of sowing the seed. Hallelujah. All right, Haggai, Haggai, uh, let's look at chapter 1 and verse 2. Then we're going to close up. You'll be ready. And it says this. Thus speaketh Haggai, the deceiver, the charlatan, the money grabber. Now, thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come. The time of the Lord's house should be built. That The Lord's house should be built. And came, then came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, saying, It is time for you. O ye to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much, bring in little. Ye eat, but have not enough. You drink, but ye are not filled with drink. You clothed and you are there is none warm, and he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, consider your ways. In other words, when you're at a situation or a place in life and things are going wrong, look at yourself. The Bible said there is much harvest in the seed of a poor man, but because he doesn't judge himself, he just continues thinking like a poor man, acting like a poor man, living like a poor man. Therefore, he's just a poor man. There's much tillage or much harvest in the seed of a poor man, but because he does not judge himself, he never reaps it. And then it says this, Consider your ways, go to the mountains, And bring wood, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. And ye looked for much, and it came to little. And when you brought it home, it did blow, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is in waste. Wow. And ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore, the heavens over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I call for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all that labors, all the labors of the hands. Was God... Displeased with Israel having sealed houses? No. He's displeased that they negated their financial responsibilities to the kingdom. Real simple. We aren't in a building program, so we aren't trying to convince you to give to a building program. But because of their negligence, because of their resistance to do what God asked them to do, he did not bless what they put their hands to. Then notice this, that God says this, if you'll build the house, I'll inhabit it. One of the reasons that God doesn't inhabit churches is because we simply are not full-heartedly involved in the kingdom and its purposes. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want to see more of God, and I know you do too. And we are striving for that, we are praying for that, we're calling out for that, we're fasting for that. We're doing things even in our own homes that God would visit our homes, our children. Well, people have to fulfill their responsibilities. If you have a child at home that's rebellious, your responsibility is that you teach that child the ways of the Lord and that you do not spare the rod. Now, some people want to teach him the ways of the Lord by having him watch TV and cartoons and all that kind of stuff, but they never correct him. You are negating or neglecting your responsibility. Amen. I heard a woman one time say, I've committed him to the Lord. I said, That's a lie. She said, What do you mean, Pastor? She was just about target with me. I said, if he belonged to God, God would have beat him half to death already. Now I meant that she simply had raised rebellious children. And they were rebellious. See, we have our responsibility. We need to pray, we need to seek the Lord that he may be found. But if we negate our responsibility in any area of our Christian life, then we're shutting God out of our life. Could have get an amen. Absolutely. Now, you might think that this is hard. You might think that, oh, you're just, you know, just talking about money. I am, absolutely. Because the church has a carnal mind about money. God never expected Israel to have a carnal mind with the money he put in their hands. He expected them to comply because Moses said, this is the command of God. Yet there were men that said, there is no God. Now, I don't know about you. I just want to be obedient. I want to do what God wants us to do. Now, we're going to be talking about ways that we give our money and vows, alms, and so forth in the kingdom of God. We're going to discover how to fulfill our responsibilities. And when you become obedient, you become blessed. And God will increase your fruits of righteousness. You'll be the workmanship of God because of a surrendered heart. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, God... One minute, two minutes, hallelujah. I'm kidding. Every head bowed just for a moment. Father, we are just people. We're men and women. God seeking you. Wanting God, all of you that we can get and to give you all of us that you'll take. God certainly, from me, On down we're not perfect but God we do have a desire and I believe God that 99.9.9% of the people here have a desire to do what you would have them to do they believe that you are God and God I just ask that you just speak to our hearts our spirits and god let us begin to turn the range of our life over to you that god we could hear in the end days well done good and faithful servant god you understand more than any man the struggles of humanity the struggle god between the flesh the mind the pride of life and the lust of the eyes against the spirit. But God, we are willing. Touch us, God. God, and just transform our minds that God, we would understand and see. And God, we know that as we walk in obedience, and God, we shall eat of the good and the fat of this land. Father, we are your people. We've gathered today on our own free will, saying, God, here are we. Touch us, heal us, mend us, adjust us, change us, transform us. Let us be the workmanship of God. That God, we may walk in the areas that you have called us to walk in. That we would walk worthy, God, of the vocation that you've called us to. Strengthen us, God, with strength in our inner man. God, invoke us and lead us and guide us and calls us to be hungry and thirsty for more of you. God, we cannot come except the Spirit bids us. Holy Ghost, arrest us. Pull us near. Beckon us nigh that we will end up being the crucified in Christ. But nevertheless, we will live, but we will live by faith in the Son of the living God. God, let us reflect Jesus. Let us reflect His will for every man, woman, and child. God, we are yours, and we put ourselves in your hands today. And we say, God, all. Just all, God. God just all and God we thank you today for your spirit for your word that God we are being challenged transformed faith is coming and God the Holy Ghost is going to do just incredible transformations in our life because we surrender them to you God we thank you and we give you praise there is nothing more important God, I believe in these people's hearts than walking the way that you would have us walk, doing what you would have us do, living how you would have us live. Now, God, I lose blessing, increase. I lose, God, the working of revelation. God, I ask that the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge would fall upon them. Open our eyes of understanding, God. Let us see the full counsel of God. And God, we thank you for it.